0: Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self-Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show, where we are talking with successful business owners to hear their stories of the journey to building their business. And because we know that success in business is not something that we can do on our own, we recognize the folks that helped us to excel. I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us today. My guest is a third-generation booer in the security business, each with Different companies. That's cool. We're going to dig into that a little bit. He enjoys hiking and walking and tennis and bicycling and oftentimes with an audiobook. And he's most proud of his family and his faith. His faith first, his family second. It is a pleasure to welcome Kirk to the show today.
1: Hey, Tim. Uh, you've done a fantastic job with this series. So kudos for you. I can tell you're putting in. time and effort surrounding yourself with great people. So it's uh, it's a privilege to uh, be amongst a
0: lot of these people that have gone before. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, Kirk, let's start with having you introduce yourself. Um, Tell us a little bit of your personal story. Where were you born? Where do you live? About your family and and, uh, things like that.
1: Yeah. So my first name is Kirk. Uh, You know, it's not K-U-R-T, but K-I-R-K. So you know i've always been a star trek fan so you know it's like captain kirk you know and you know cap kirk's got a lot of great qualities he's very bold and adventurous and and uh, i'm not always that way but i've been trying to channel that so that's one of those people you know uh, out there that you try to take the best and and leave the rest and so um i've been in indiana since i was uh, two years old uh, so i'm getting ready to turn uh, 55 this week and so 53 years as a hoosier and uh, so, um, and then this coming year, uh, 2023 will be my 40th uh, year in the electronic security industry. Um, wow. I started off working for my father in high school when I was 16 as a uh, helper or a gopher. Uh-huh. And so, I go for that and go for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's often in damp crawl spaces full of uh, spiders and snake skins and or up an attic with that itchy installation, but it was a great way to learn the business. And um, so, yeah, I've been doing that for a while. Uh, born and raised here in Indianapolis, went to Lawrence Central High School. At a high school, I went to the US Navy. I was a, an interior communications electrician. So I learned the theory and operation of uh, electronic components, which definitely helps me in what I do, we're a technology company. And it learned me to hurry up and wait. <laughs> I love that what about your family Kirk so yeah, I'm married uh, to uh, i married up uh, my lovely wife Jill um, we've been married uh, since uh, 2000 uh, so June 10th will be our anniversary there so it'll be 23 years and we have three daughters and uh, live in uh, Fishers Indiana awesome and what are your daughter's names uh, so the oldest is Bailey, uh, she is single and works in sales and marketing for a high tech company in Chicago called Sixth Sense, really cool organization, she's learning a lot. Middle daughter Allie is a dental hygienist working for one of my clients, the indie uh, racing team, Indy dental team, and then uh, my youngest daughter is a, a senior at Heritage, getting ready to go play lacrosse at Calvin
0: University up in Michigan. Wonderful. So, Kirk, is there a funny story that your family likes to tell about you that you'd be willing to share with us today?
1: Oh, wow. a Funny story my family like to tell me. You know, I, I think, you know, the funny story is, is my jokes are all dad jokes, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, when my kids were young, you know, I was cool. Now that they're all, you know, in their 20s and teenagers, I'm not quite so cool. But, you know, that's I don't have anything specific, but, uh, you know, one of these
0: days I'll be cool again. There you go. Right. <laughs> With the grandchildren anyway. <laughs> no, right. So tell us how the, how the business come about at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business? Well,
1: uh, for about 20 years prior, starting my business, so I started business in 2010. So we just celebrated our, uh, uh, you know two thousand eleven i 'm sorry, we just celebrated our eleventh birthday as an organization and um, so prior to that, I was a straight commissioned uh, salesperson, uh, pretty much my whole career prior to then. so I was about twenty years out hustling, and um, that really taught me well to ride the roller coaster I of uh, business and realizing that uh, there's a lot that we can't control, mm-hmm. uh, Tim. We can't control the economy. We can't control if somebody says yes or no, yeah. but what we can control is our, um, is our attitude mm-hmm. and our action. And when we, uh, when we master those things to at least a decent level, that does give us a lot of security. And so I, I learned that and realized that those are two things I can control. And um, so that has given me a lot of confidence in going from a commissioned salesperson to a uh,
0: business owner. Awesome. Well, congratulations on your 11 years. That's fantastic. So, Kirk, tell us a little bit more about the company. What, what do you guys do? How do you help folks? And um, what's the best way for people to be able to contact you?
1: Well, I think the best way uh, I can relate to that is, is we're in the business of making an honest living at a crime. That is, <laughs> that's preventing it of course yeah preventing it yeah so, <laughs> preventing crime. so uh you know as a uh, young boy and you know, i loved uh, superheroes and comics and things like that so you know we we kind of consider ourselves as uh glorified crime fighters using our electronic uh surveillance and tools and smart locks and things to deploy and so um you know, through that, you know, we've, one of our key, uh, mottos, you know, with our team is there's a superhero in everyone, including you, Tim, you got many superpowers. And so, you know, my job as a business owner is to elicit those superpowers and help get people in the right seats, you know, on the plane, we don't ride a bus, we go on a plane, <laughs> but so we are, uh, Commercial and custom residential security integrators. So we bring in a variety of technologies that ride on the Internet of Things and cloud and hardware and so electronics and technology and trying to deploy that so it's simple, easy, and powerful. Powerful for our clients. And so uh, you know we work in several verticals. Um, that's one of the strengths of being a small business. Is that we can be flexible. You know we're we're kind of like a PT boat, not a big aircraft carrier, right? So <laughs> that's uh, so we're an electronic security integrator. And uh, so our, uh, our website is we Are, uh, On Guard. weareonguard.com. You can find us there and uh, happy to serve in any kind of ways that uh, people need smart
0: electronic security. Awesome. So we will uh, make sure to post the contact information for on guard security solutions, um, along with this video, when we put it up into social media, so that folks listening, you can uh, reach out to Kirk and, and, uh, learn more about how his company can help you. Great. Oh, so, Kirk, um, share a story of where somebody pushed you or inspired you that you could do it. Um, even maybe when you didn't think that you could, and the impact that that person had on your business.
1: Well, um you know there was a uh, we were deploying a, a system actually in the um uh, in a, a, a large um vip situation and um it uh it wasn't working as expected hmm. and um you know i really uh um you know my techs were working very diligently to figure it out and um I was, I was kind of at my wits end and uh, Tim, I, was, I said a prayer and, um, and I made a phone call and the phone call I made was to one of our manufacturers rep, who was a sales guy, but he's very involved and he gave me a hint of information that uh, I was able to apply and I shared with my lead tech and he said, oh, that's not going to work. And I said, hey, what do we got to lose? Yeah, <laughs> And we did it. Um, and bam it lit up and it worked and um, so it's a combination of of faith and, and effort and communication and just reaching out uh, to this particular individual uh, Tom he uh, he gave me the the clue that I needed to solve the mystery and so uh, that's one example
0: that's awesome so what's um been in business for a long time and obviously your family's been in business for, for a long time too. So what's your biggest learning as a business owner over the years?
1: Yeah. um, Business learning. That's a great thing. You know, there's, there's a lot of things, uh, you know, when we're talking about, you know, going from being a solopreneur to a business owner and building a a team, right. And team is a special word. And, um, you know, there's an acronym I like to use with team and that's, T for trust, having to got to trust your team. Um, and, and you need to, you know, set them up to succeed, but you know, you you're gonna get burned sometimes, but you got to trust them because that's the only way to succeed. And then E for empathy. Mm. You know, you need to empathize with your team and walk in their shoes and see things from their perspective. It's not all about me. Empathy. And then A for accountability and having systems and processes, checks and balances, and the, the M for uh, meaningful. It, you know, you need to be on purpose and have a mission and meaningful and, and work together. So, you know, when I think about, uh, you know, that being a very important thing, and then uh, borrowed from uh, Marcus Lemonis from The Prophet, if you guys don't watch that show, it's, it's great, but people, process, and product. Mm and people first. Yeah. Right? And that's, you know, you, you can't do everything yourself. Um, that's, a, that's a misnomer. You, know, you, have to, <laughs> you have to rely on yourself and you you have to count on yourself, but you can't do everything yourself. That's, that's a lame existence.
0: Yeah. There, there are so many folks that I talk to of who have grown successful businesses, but then it, the business plateaus and they don't really know why. And it's, it's like, what you're saying is what ends up happening is the business has outgrown the business owner's capacity right? and all the things that help them to get there are no longer seem to be working, but it's simply that, you know, the business has overgrown their capacity and then it'll shrink back below and then up and down basically plateauing. And, and to get to the next level, it's, it's what you've just said, right? We've got to have the right team to be able to, to delegate and trust Giving at those tasks to. And we've got to have the processes in place to be able to manage the team. So love that.
1: There's definitely a quality of life, a quality of business. And, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with being small and there's nothing wrong with being big, but it's being just right yeah. for your environment. Right. And um, so, you know, my father I was a business owner and he was a very diligent he was the king of networking. He was a, a fabulous networker um, and knew everybody everywhere. You know, every time we would go out to dinner, he was saying hi to people. <laughs> and, you know, he was involved in Sertoma, the Rotary, um, Antelope Club, the Columbia Club, you know what club. Wow. And, and um, you know, uh, that's uh, one thing that he really, really did well. And, um, so, you know, working with other people and networking and trying to make connections to other people, I think, is one of the best things that we can do. Um, and uh, so I try to be a connector and a problem solver um, within and without our business. Yeah,
0: I love it. You, you never know where a, a coffee conversation might lead. Right? I, I love that perspective of being you know, open to meeting new people and, and making connections. That's awesome. So Kirk, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us about um, one of your biggest challenges during the years and a fellow business owner who helped you get through that.
1: Sure. Um, well, one comes to mind when, uh, you know, I um, started the business and um, it was just me that when I first started it, you know, 5K and the desire to uh, go out on my own and, and my wife, uh, bless her heart supported me in that. And uh, so I started and uh, um, after a while, she uh, took uh, sympathy upon me. She knew that I'm not best on the backside of the business. Uh-huh. And so uh, she helped me with the books and the finances and all that. And, um, um, you know, when you work with your spouse, it's a different kind of relationship. And, um, you know, boundaries are important. Mm. And Tim, uh, I thought I would be the problem with the boundaries, you know, but actually I was working all day. So I would come home and then she'd have all these questions <laughs> and, and like, oh, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I need to know about this and this and this and this. And, and you know, she has a, a bachelor's degree from uh, Kelly School of Business and a master's and she's a really smart person and her management structure is very corporate, mm. And my management structure is more entrepreneurial, um, fly by the sea of your pants. I have to say, <laughs> those two things don't always uh, yeah. Well, but uh, so after about five years, you know, she went back to her career, and I needed somebody on the back end that I could trust. And so I was in a small group, a CBMC group, and I met a gentleman there I uh, named Sean, and he uh, had a small. Uh, Uh, accounting, financial, like a fractional CFO. And we hit it off and he came in and he really helped me a lot in transitioning, going from QuickBooks desktop to online, with some software integrations with uh, PPP and everything through COVID and and everything. So uh, I got to give props to Sean and the fact that he really uh, helped me during that transition and is still with us. And and today, we're launching a, uh, a new business called V-Response, which is a virtual services business uh, that's going to be based over in Pakistan. And we're going to provide virtual services, uh, SEO, SEM, lead generation, virtual things. So that's that's pretty cool where that relationship has gone, and, and it's been wonderful.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And, and uh, I, again, love the fact that that came from a group that you were part of where you made a a connection and and build the relationship from there absolutely so i also loved the the story about your wife so i i coach a, a number of um husband wife couples uh who are also the the business owners and um the the fun part about that is the whole idea of opposites attract are are have been proven to be correct time and time again. And the way that I describe this to to the my clients is hey, that we need each other, right? Our opposite, our our spouse tends to be our opposite. And that's because we need that other perspective to to complete us, right? To give us a, a full rounded perspective. And we also need that in our business because, you know, we don't if there are, we have, we all have blind spots. And if we've got somebody who thinks and sees the world differently than us, then they're able to, to help us identify those blind spots. But it can be both a, a blessing and a frustration, right? Where we, you know, the, the tension or the rubbing of somebody who thinks different than us, you know, if we allow it, it can, it can be harmful to the business. But if we embrace it, it's incredibly powerful in terms of helping us to see things that we may not have seen on our own. For sure,
1: you know, as a uh, as a salesperson, and as a you know, you 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 present and you listen and you present and you listen, and as a as a business owner, you know, it's a lot more about listening, and and uh, you know, that's hard uh, because a lot of times it's the business owner that has the drive and the one that's you know been I've been the sled dog for a long time pulling the sled and to a certain extent still am. So it's a work in progress, but, um, you know, as you build a team and learn to listen and, um, you know, try, try to surround yourself with people who, who aren't going to be yes men. Right. And they're going to create an air of authenticity. So like in the book principles, there's a great, you know, a lot of good stories there about creating an atmosphere for authentic, extreme authenticity. So, um, you get good feedback, yet, you know, keeping it professional and and
0: helpful too. And to your point about, you know, being the, the um, pulling the sled for the number of years, it's really hard for, for all of us as business owners to, to go through that transition, right? Of, you know, we all, most of us started out as solopreneurs and, and we built a, a business that was big enough to be able to hire employees and, and then to, to let go and trust our employees to be able to do the job as well as us, right? It, it takes a lot of effort to, to train them and get those systems in place, but also the faith of, you know, I just have to let go, right? And trust that what I've created and the team that I have brought on place is gonna be able to, to take over. And um, there, there can be a lot of freedom when we do start to let go Right, and, and not have to worry about all those parts of the business anymore.
1: Yeah, you know, like both, many businesses, including ours, I kind of see it as a, as a three-legged stool, right? So we have, the, we have the ops part of it, the fulfillment, we have the finance part of it, and the sales part of it, right? And, and my key role has been in the sales, and you know, nothing happens until something gets sold, right? <laughs> Sales is the oxygen that every business needs, right? But you know, at the same time, you have to have fulfillment and the ops side. And then, you know, the, the administration and the finance side of it is also critical, you know, for that three-legged stool. So when the customer sits down, it's stable and comfortable and it's well built, right? Yes. And so I've kind of focused on the sales side of things and have, you know, team members who are helping me on the finance and the ops, because those aren't my strengths, right. but it's been really difficult for me to let go of the sales part yeah. of it. And I haven't uh, solved that quite yet. You know, I figured that would be the easiest because that's <laughs> what I do, but yeah, you know, um, it's probably also the hardest to let go. Yeah. And, um, but um, yeah, so that's, you know the components of a business and you know writing a systems and procedures for those three different legs and finding the people to uh, to plug in there right
0: and and i think what you're saying i i hear this a lot and it makes sense is that the thing that you're the expert on tends to be the hardest thing to let go because you have 40 years right of experience and expertise and there's no way Right, that a new hire is going to be able to come in and just take that all off your plate. Right. It's going to be a process of, of training them, right? And transitioning that knowledge and um and a slower build to be able to, to backfill you versus an area that you're not an expert in, like the finances, right? That was probably easier for you to let go because, like, well, I don't, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. So <laughs> hire somebody who does, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. And uh so, you know, we've, uh, you know, I designed, a, I think, you know, a lucrative plan because we do have a reoccurring revenue component in our in our business. And, uh, you know, so but yeah, it's a great time to be in this industry because the technology is has caught up to where we can do, you know, some really amazing things like virtual security guards and, um, you know, automated Systems that work together and 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 tr- have true synergy in, in the deployment and the execution and the management of of the systems. You know, when I first started, everything was analog, and now it's so much digital and internet things. It's been, you know, as, as uh, somebody who's 55, you know, when I was in school, computers were just coming in. You know, when I was in high school, we started working on word processors like in 10th grade, before that it was a typewriter. Yeah. You know, and um, so we're, I'm of that generation where some of my technicians, you know, were born with these things in their crib.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and, you know, just my nine-year-old, you know, I, I had a nine-year-old niece over here for Christmas and I, you know, gave her my iPad and she was just, you know, and uh, yeah. it's so, you know, and recruiting and finding those guys. and And so that's kind of cool to see these 20-year-olds just, they're like whizzes, right. you know, it's pretty amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Kirk, as you think about the next three to five years, what are the biggest challenges you see that you'll face in getting to your goals and who are the types of people that you're going to need uh, to help you solve those challenges?
1: Well, you know, as, as new as technology is, you know, some things never changed Tim, you know, as, as you know, there are principles and action and, and, um, you know, it's like maybe in politics, they say it's the economy, stupid, right? It's the money <laughs> you know, We're experiencing a lot of inflation now. Right. Nobody likes that. It's the economy. And in a business, you know, money is very, very important, too. But it's really not that it's all about the relationship. Right. It's about the quality of a relationship. So it's so it's just continuing to build uh, those relationships and finding Quality people and training them on the technology, um, you know. Early on in my business, I was hiring people just because they had experience, mm-hmm. but they weren't the right fits for us. Yes. And um, you know, I uh, you, you got to work and kiss a lot of toads to find some <laughs> <receivers>, <laughs> some frogmen and women. You know, some seals, right? And um, um, but you know, some things, you know, there's 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 no replacement for experience. You know, you can read all the books you want. I read a lot and you can go to all the, lots of education, but there's, there's nothing like experience. And, um, um, but it's great when you can borrow from other people's experience. Yes. So that's a good thing about this show, Tim, Tim is that we get to learn from other people's experiences. And, you know, I love to listen to biographies and people's stories because you can glean a something there, you know, that can save you a lot of pain yeah. and time yeah.
0: and get there quicker. For sure. Absolutely. You, you mentioned something I want to expand on is I think it's important for everyone else listening is the used to it hire based on experience, but learn that you need to, to shift and hire based on, you know, people fit in your culture. And so the mistake of, you know, a lot of businesses make is, you know, we put a job description together and we we post the job description and look for people who, who have those skills and experiences. But the problem with that is if they're not a good, strong cultural fit, right, it doesn't matter how much experience they have. Right, is we can teach um, skills. We can't teach a cultural fit. So if we bring a, a bad cultural fit into our organization, it could be toxic to the rest of the employees right, and, and bring everyone down. So. In, our, in everyone's interviewing process, we want to make sure that we're identifying are these people going to fit our culture, right? Do they match our values and our beliefs? And then if so, then do they have the right skills and experience or can they be taught? Um, and so I'm sure, Kurt, you've had experiences where, and you mentioned it, right, where we you brought on a bad, you know, a bad cultural fit and then it's it's more hassle than it's worth, right? Right.
1: And, you know, Sometimes you just don't know until you know, right? I mean, you want to take, you know, you know, like they say, hire slow and yeah, fire fast, <laughs> fire fast. You got, it. you know, and we tend to do the opposite. And um, but you know, uh, that's where you know, uh, having some tools in place, having a coach to help, having that third um, non-biased person to help in that process. And I've used that in the past and I've not used it, but you know, uh, I've had successes both ways and failures both ways. But it is nice to have that non biased person to help you make those decisions, those key decisions. And, um, you know, so for us, you know, it's identifying a purpose. So our primary purpose is professional protection of people first and property second. You know, our motto is to have no worries. Because we are on guard, and then lastly, you know, I mentioned earlier having a superhero in everyone. Um, you know, finding that, that those qualities and 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 uh, you know, honing them and empowering people to operate in those areas. But ultimately, we have to be the brand. We have to be the evangelist. And as the business owner, we have to we have to walk the talk, right? You know, and that's where the litmus test really is and um that's where the rubber hits the road and i don't know what president said but the buck stops here yeah and um however you know it's it's that paradox where yes you're accountable but you know as you expand and grow with the team you know it's amazing um it takes a lot of the burden off
0: yeah yeah i i like the the walk to talk analogy right it's Oftentimes, if if our employees aren't doing something that we've you know expected of them, right, it's easy to, to blame them. But then if we really look in the mirror, it's like, oh, well, yeah. I've I've stopped or I've stopped doing it. Right. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. So the, what Kirk's doing there is, you know, point point at somebody as if you're blaming them for something. Right. And then look at how many fingers you have pointing back at yourself. So we can't control other people, but we can control the way that we um, train other people or hold other people accountable or the the model that we're setting for them. So when we don't like something that we see happening, we always have to look in the mirror and say, okay, what can I do differently to to get a different outcome? And the walk to talk's great, right? If we're not doing the things we're asking our team to do, how can we ever expect them to do it?
1: Absolutely, and being humble and authentic. And when we make a mistake, being quick to admit it, take ownership, and do something about it, right? And uh, there's a plug, a great book, uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willick and Leif uh, Erickson, I think. But Extreme Ownership, you know, it's such a great leadership book because it's, you know, if like one of my technicians goes out in the field and let's say, you know, he's putting a job in and his ladder isn't quite tall enough, you know, and he can't get the job done, well, that's not his fault. That's my fault because I didn't equip or empower somebody to, to do something about that. Now, we're always going to come across issues, but how do we problem solve and how do we fix it and trying to give people the uh, the, the capacity to make those decisions and do the right thing, go by the right ladder, go do it the right way. You know, don't, don't do something precarious or dangerous. And, um, you know, so... It's um a lot about you know being um, resourceful, but yet you know be quick to to uh, take ownership yeah. for the accountability because um, you know most likely it's because we didn't train them properly, we didn't equip them properly, we didn't put them in a position to succeed now once you have and you've you've you know it's like once, you know, shame on you twice, you know, once shame on me twice, shame on you. you yeah, know, right. You know, yeah. <laughs> it gets to a point to where, uh, you know, that's when you need to have some accountability and actionability. But more times than not, people want to do the right thing. Yes. They, just, they just need to be in a position to succeed, I
0: think. Yeah. You mentioned training them and setting them up for success. So um, little known fact is we only retain about 5% of something that we are taught on the first time through. So, uh, a lot of examples I hear is, well, I hired somebody and I had them shadow me for, you know, two or three weeks and then they went out on their own and they, they weren't able to do the job. I like, well, again, right back to, you know, Kurt, you have 40 years of, of expertise, right. In your, in your head. And so, uh, again, I love what you're saying is we've got to, we've got to acknowledge that if we just, you know, have them shadow us and, they're only going to retain 5%. If they take notes while they're shadowing us, it goes up to 50%. And then if we've got the, the training on a, uh, written down in a manual or a video or something like that, that they can refer back to later when they forget, because they will forget, right? or we've got regular check-in meetings with them right? on a weekly basis that they can come to us and ask their questions, then the, the probability of them retaining that knowledge significantly goes up to you know the the statistics are if they fully participate in the learning experience then it goes up to about 98%. So wow. 5% to 98% is a huge you know difference in terms of efficiency of an employee if we take if we it's the slow down to speed up idea right if we take the time to properly train people and give them the 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 documents or the manual or the video that they can refer back to, we, we get a ton more out of our new employees than, um, than if we just have them shadow us for a couple of weeks.
1: So. For sure. And it's a process, and we have to be patient, you know, and, and the bottom line is, but if the person has the right motivation, they have the right attitude, um, and they communicate, we have to communicate with them and expect them to communicate with us and have those open lines of communication. Then, you know, a mistake can be a learning opportunity, right? But um, at the same time, you know, it's, it's having open lines of communication, a team that works together um, because, you know, in our small business of seven full-time team members, we take on some enormous jobs with lots of uh, technology and challenges, and the only way we succeed is by working together as a team. Um that's a fact. And um, because, you know, the group is a lot smarter than any one individual, even if that individual has 40 years, it could be 40 years of doing it the wrong way. I mean, sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that idea of um, communication and, and creating an environment that where it's safe to communicate, right? So um, I've, I've heard examples where the business owner is so busy right doing the do that they don't have time to listen to what the team's saying and so now the you know the team's not getting all the things we're talking about right in terms of that feedback and and that you know correction when they're doing something wrong so so building in that time to have that communication and and make it safe too right? our employees are going to make mistakes So we have to make it safe and okay for them to say, Hey, I, I messed up. Right. (laughs) And not like they have to hide it.
1: It, Right. And you want to create an atmosphere where it's, it's safe and authentic and you don't want them hiding their mistakes. You want them say, Hey, what did I learn from that mistake? How do I help another team member avoid that, you know, and having processes and communication platforms to help, you know, and that's, um, you know, one thing I think we've done well is we built this business on the cloud and uh, use communications and, you know, having, you know, obviously we all have these, right? And, and these are great communication devices. Um, and, but, you know, we use like Slack, for example. Slack is a really great communication channel and, um, you know, to share information, to go back and look at it. And, you know, that's one, one resource and, um, you know, we're in the information age and just try to make that stuff accessible and, but, you know, it's about empowering people so that they make their, you know, right decisions. And ultimately, I, this is really simple, but for us, you know, number one, is it good for the customer? Mm. I mean, is it good for them? Is it the right thing to do? That's numero uno. And number two, is it good for the company, mm. right? Is it going to, is it, is it, you know, we don't have to make money a hundred percent of the time, but we need to make money most of the time, right? <laughs> right. Without profit, we go out of business, right? That's not good for the customer, right? And that's not good for you as the employee, right? Yeah. So we need to make a, a, a respectable, a, a decent profit. And so it has to be good for the company, but it has to be good for our image, our safety, our brand, our longevity, right? And then third, is it good for you as the employee? That does doesn't mean it's easy or is it comfortable, but again, is it the, the good and the right thing to do? And if that answer is yes, 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 go do it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to call me for that, right?
0: Just do
1: yeah. It. yeah, love it. <laughs> but if you're unsure, think about it. And if you're still unsure, Call a manager. Call a peer. Call yeah. me. Call somebody. But if you're insured, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. You no, know it's wrong. No yeah. questions asked. Right. And I think if you have that type of philosophy and you teach that, um, you don't have to. You have to micromanage a whole lot less. Right.
0: Yeah. Very fair. So, Kurt, if you, um, if I ask you to pick three people in your business journey. Uh, your business owner journey that you're most grateful for being there uh, as part of your business growth? Who are those three people and how they help you?
1: Sure. Well, I've already, you know, uh, because they're important to me, I've already mentioned several, but number one is my father, uh, Ken Boer, who, uh, you know, taught me what it's like to be a a hardworking, thriving entrepreneur. And um, number two is my wife and for supporting me and uh, encouraging me to do, do the business and then giving me the freedom to do what I need to do. And then, um, you know, third is, is my team. You know, it's a group of people who, you know, this morning, you know, I got up, I've made some phone calls and done some things. I'm on this call, but I seriously, I'm not, you know, I'm not stressed out of what's going on because I've got a team out there and, and, um, So that makes a big difference. And lastly, it's just the mentors and the people in my life and and my satellite, you know, and, you know, we're all blessed to have, you know, great resources here, whether it be Audible, Kindle, books, whatever. I mean, there's so many great things to learn. You know, I was, there's a guy on social media the other day that was saying he's gonna go to school. He's like, you know, 40, 50 years old. He's going to go back to school to learn about his business because he's failed a few times. And hey, that's great. Yeah. But that experience is going to teach him a lot. And, you know, we have the world's best teachers right here. I mean, the old university on wheels. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're like for me, when I'm cutting the grass, believe it or not, it's probably one of the most, most productive things I do. Because number one, I get the grass cut. number two i'm pushing so i'm getting some exercise and number three i've got an audio book so i'm learning that's right right. you know i paid 14 bucks and i've got like a great teacher speaking to me you know and uh (laughs) so um but you know there's a lot of things there but ultimately um you know that's that's been a help to me and and um You know, so I used to say, if it's, if it's to be, it's up to me. Mm. And that's partially true,
0: but really it's better if it's to be, it's up to, to we. Oh, I love that. Yes. (laughs) So Kurt, you've been blessed with some incredible people uh, in your business owner journey who have helped you along the way. If they were all here on the show with us today, what would you want to say to them?
1: Hmm. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say, you know, um, God's not done with me yet. You know, <laughs> have patience. Um, um, you know, it's a it's a process, and every day is a new day full of grace. And um, you know, I'm, I'm a rather thick headed, stubborn guy, and that's <laughs> one reason I'm successful but that's one reason I'm not as successful as I could or should be. So, um, you know, I'm, I haven't thrown in the towel. I'm still learning and be patient. <laughs> I
0: love it. Kirk, it a pleasure speaking with you today. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Hey, thanks for uh, interviewing and doing what you're doing,
0: Tim. I wish you the best success and we'll see you around. Awesome. Thank you. To everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening to the Self-Made is a Myth show with Coach Tim Campbell. Be sure to help us spread this movement by liking the show and sharing it on your social media. To join our movement, go to bemadtogether.com. Okay, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward, and I'll see you all next time. Take care. Peace.